No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mendel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening from the flatlands of Manitoba to the bluegrass of Kentucky, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show alongside my good friend Joe Piscucci. I'm your host, Drew Mendel, here to discuss the first game back from the Christmas holiday for the Winnipeg Jets and unfortunately for Jets fans it is not a game that will go down on the winning side of the ledger as they drop a 2-1 decision to the Chicago Blackhawks a game that they by and large controlled for the most part but Peter Morazic was the difference in tonight's mm-hmm. contest as the Jets just couldn't get a second goal past him and uh, the, on the backs of uh, on, on the back of his performance the Blackhawks are able to come away with the victory in overtime Joe good to see you Merry Christmas happy holidays to you and yours how are how is everything going in your world this evening Everything is going great, uh, you know, hoping for a Jets win, but we'll take the point. Yeah, It helps. It helps. Yeah. So, you know, with Dallas do. losing and Colorado losing in overtime, so they don't lose any ground and they do make up ground on Dallas. The, you know, and that's just it. You know, you're not going to win every game. And, as the, you know, I don't think you need to be a hockey analyst to uh, to understand that concept. But getting the points, not losing in regulation time, especially to uh, a team at the bottom of the standings like the Chicago Blackhawks are. And Joe and I were talking about it uh, before we went live with the post-game show here, saying that, you know, what I'm fortunate for is that we don't have to watch the Blackhawks uh, <laughs> on a night-in, night-out basis. Because let me tell you, these post-game shows would be a lot more difficult if uh, it was a Chicago Blackhawks post game show. Can you imagine that team, Joe? Before yeah. we get into the nuts and bolts of that team, can you imagine that team if they had won the you know second overall draft pick and they didn't get Connor Bedard? Take Connor Bedard off of that team and, and you know replace him with another guy who's going to be a great player, but not Bedard esque. And that yeah. team is is just one of the worst hockey teams uh, in, in recent memory. Um, they're just, I mean, they're bereft of talent is really what they are. They got a bunch of guys who are thankful to have NHL jobs and are happy to ride the coattails of, of Connor Bedard to whatever victories they can get. And they're doing it very well. And at least they won't be in contention for the first, well, overall yeah. pick or they yeah, should they're, they're tied for dead last, I think, or maybe with tonight's win they're they may have leapfrogged uh, San Jose for second, uh, for 31st in the NHL or something yeah. along those lines. Jet, yeah. yeah. Bottom line though, the Jets shouldn't be losing to the Blackhawks. No, and they, they played really well to start the game, didn't they, Drew? I mean, that was a great opening period for them. Well, that's exactly what you were, you know, and, and you never know how a team is going to start, to your point, Joe. You never know how a team is going to start, uh, you know, early <laughs> Uh, or, 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 you know, in the, in that first game after a three or a four day break, you know, you, mm-hmm. you never, you know, after the Christmas break or after the, you know, the all-star break, you never know how that first 10, 15, 20 minutes is going to go. And for the Winnipeg Jets, it went exactly as they would have wanted, except for the fact that they weren't able to get anything past Peter Morazic, because for that first 15 minutes, they kept the Blackhawks from get, registering a shot on goal. Yeah, and we'll really we'll get into it deeper when we get into the Betway game recap here in a couple minutes. But that was basically the same Jets team that we saw on Friday against Boston and on Wednesday against the Detroit Red Wings, where they came out and they smothered their opponent. And that was really you know the story of the game is by and large they smothered the Blackhawks and they were the better of the two teams. And you know how many posts did the Jets have? I counted five by my count. Yeah, five posts tonight. So, I mean, you know, and if some of those posts end up in the back of the net, I got to move my hands down as I'm blocking the camera here. Uh, You know, if some of those posts, you know, get into the back of the net, it's not even a close game. So, you know, uh, by and large, look, the Jets want to get two points and they want to get two points against a team like the Blackhawks. Uh, because those should be two points, but at the same time, they're not going to be, I think, ripping out their their hair over tonight's performance. No, just they're ripping out their hair. The coach will be over the power play once exactly. again. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think uh, what zero for three on the first three with no shots, and I think they got two on that last uh, power play late in the game. And what mm-hmm. I was wondering was why didn't Rick call a timeout? You know, mm-hmm. prior to that last power play. 
get his top unit maybe rested or even midway through that power play, call a timeout and let's get this thing over right here. And of course the Jets didn't do anything. Well, they got, they finally got two shots, one of them by Morrissey there uh, on that last power play. But the power play again is the story for the Winnipeg Jets and that's not good. No, exactly right. I mean, how many games now has it been? It's been multiple games this year that that Rick Bonus has said special teams have cost us the game. Yeah. Sometimes it was the power play, and sometimes it was the penalty kill, and sometimes it was both. both. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Tonight it wasn't both. Tonight the, the PK did its job, but the power play. I mean, you have yeah. to find a way to score a power play goal. Uh, you know, in the in tonight's contest. Yeah. Or at the very least, be threatening on the power play. Because really, they weren't threatening at all until that last power play where they had a little bit of uh, net front presence and a little and, and got finally yeah. got on goal. But it just that just can't continue no matter how many tweaks they make. It, it just still doesn't seem to be working yeah. whatsoever for the team. And there was, an, there was a one on the third, I think, Jets power play where Shifley had the puck on the wing, mm-hmm. right? And he's got a screen in front, and I, and I think it was uh, Velarde was in front, and he wouldn't shoot it. Right. He wouldn't shoot it. Mm-hmm. So if if uh, they right now it seems that the setup is they've got too many passers. They got guys who want to pass the puck and not shoot the puck. Put Shifley in the middle of the ice in the high slot area mm-hmm. like he used to be, mm-hmm. uh, like two seasons ago, and scored a lot of goals that way. Put him there, make him a shooter, and not a passer. Well, that's just it. I think right now they're looking for they're looking for the prettiest play, and I think it's a little bit you know in, in their in their heads. I think they're 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 trapped in their own minds about you know how to make the power play effective because they know it hasn't been good enough, and you yeah. know, we're not breaking any news here when when we say that. Um, but it just seems like nobody wants to sort of take the bull by the horns there and just sort of say, okay, this is how the power play has to be. Uh, you know, I I find that there's still too much on the perimeter especially when even when there's point shots and they don't take very many point shots at all uh on the power play but even so i I find the the net front presence is to the side as opposed to being right in front and taking away the goalie's eyes and in in this league in the nhl if a goalie can see the puck for the most part they're going to save it they should i mean they should they should there's there's exceptions and then we saw an exception really on that uh (laughs) overtime winner exception yeah yeah but I mean, for the most, so you got to take away their eyes. You got to get bodies in front, and and for whatever reason, it's still along the side, and the, the, there's not that presence where it needs to be. And it, it seems like a simple solution, a simple fix. But for whatever reason, the Jets still haven't really implemented it, and they're still, I think, now it's getting to be the psychological impact of it all. But when that you know ends up uh, really getting into in in between your ears and becomes a, that kind of an issue as opposed to a performance related issue. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, this the second power play unit which had scored uh, twice in that game against Boston with Niederreiter. I mean. They, you know, they did. They had an off night too, you know. I think that they moved the puck better and faster mm-hmm. uh, tonight, but they they didn't produce any shots either. So right. it was just it was just a failure tonight from the from with the power play again, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, and I'm sure that'll be the post game chatter coming from uh, Jets head coach Rick Bonus, and we'll bring you his comments yeah. as best we can uh, throughout the course of this post game show. As we sit here at uh, just a bit before midnight Eastern time, both Joe and I are in the Eastern time zone, so we're staying up late for everybody. That's <laughs> everyone that's joining us tonight on the Illegal Curve post game show. Uh, yeah. Drew Mandel, Joe Pascucci, with you talking about the Jets. Uh, 2-1 overtime defeat to the Chicago Blackhawks. I believe, though, uh, before we get into the game, 23 games now that the Jets have gone uh, without allowing three, allowing more than three goals, which I believe, and don't quote me on this, folks, but I believe that sets an NHL record. I think they were tied with the Tampa Bay Lightning at 22 straight, but with tonight's 2-1 defeat, I think that makes it uh, 23 in a row, and I think that's an NHL record. I know that an NHL record was set earlier tonight. Do you see Do you see Chris Letang, the Angels wonder? Yeah. Yes. Chris Letang. Six assists in the second period. I think it was six assists in the game and five assists in the, in the, in the second period, but maybe you're right. I could be wrong. I think, on that. I think he got all his points in the one period. I'll have Did to he get them all in the second period? Whatever it was the uh, first time. Uh, 
uh, in NHL history, a defenseman has had that many assists in one period. So right. uh, congratulations to uh, Chris Letang uh, on the uh, on that uh, accomplishment in what must have been a one. I didn't even see the final score there. I think it was we seven, no- seven nothing. Yeah, I'm that was against the, <laughs> against the Islanders. Is that who they played? Yes, they did. Okay, so the Islanders were still on Christmas break, and the Penguins uh, were certainly, uh, you know, feeling uh, feeling that they wanted to take a bite out of their opponent tonight. Uh, the Blackhawks end up taking a bite out of the Winnipeg Jets tonight, oh, yeah. uh, it, winning two one uh, in overtime. Why don't we get into it, Joe? Let's get into okay. the Betway game recap. We do it here on the Illegal Curve Post Game Show after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. The Betway Game Recap. Betway Game Recap brought to you our friends at Betway, the most trusted voice in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. If you're looking to make a bet, perhaps you should do so with our friends at Betway. For more information, check them out online. And of course, that Betway would want me to say, as I do each and every time I intro them, to please play responsibly. Uh, As we talked about, you know, it was sort of a weird start to the game. 15 seconds into the game, Joe, it looked like, uh, you know, uh, that uh, Peter Morazic was trying to pull a Tommy Sallow, uh, (laughs) if you want to go back to the the, the Olympics there, as just a a innocent dump-in by Nino Niederreiter somehow evades Mrazek and almost gets the Jets on the board 15 seconds into the game. That's the first post of five. First maybe of that's five, a, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's an omen for how tonight's game is going to go, given uh, the Jets' inability to score uh, either fluky goals or pretty goals uh, in the course of the 60 minutes, 60 minutes plus tonight. Yeah, and I mean, you, you look at the way the Jets played in the first 14 minutes and I think 52 seconds. That was before Chicago got their first shot. Right. It was what you know, the a coach's dream, right? I mean, they dominated the play. They, Chicago didn't have a shot. The defense was uh, active. Morrissey, Pionk, Nate Schmidt, they were all joining in on the rush. Sometimes they would lead the rush. It was a perfect start uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. It, maybe not in the face-off circle, mm-hmm. but they controlled the, the, most of that period, you know, until that first shot because 65 seconds later, Chicago has the lead. Yeah, well, that, and that's just, you know, that's the problem. And you sort of felt it happening. You sort of felt it coming, <laughs> didn't you? Well, we've seen you it know. before with the Jets in that Carolina yeah. game where they're being dominated, yet they get the goal. Exactly right. And so that's what happens is that Car- the, the Jets, despite dominating the, the entirety of the first period and keeping Chicago, never mind off the scoreboard, off the shots on goal board, mm-hmm. uh, it ends up being the Blackhawks who open the scoring. But before we get into that, Joe, you mentioned it when we were talking off air. What's the stat that you had, the Jets record Winnipeg-based teams after Christmas now? Okay, so Winnipeg NHL teams, as uh, with this game, in the first game back after the Christmas break, 10 wins, 14 losses, and two shootout or overtime losses. Okay, so 10, 14, and 2. 10, 14, and 2. And, and most of the wins have come in the 2.0 era. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, I, I, that record isn't so bad when you consider some of the uh, lean years, let's say, yes. in the 1.0 era, that uh, the record there, uh, not 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 terrible. About, uh, four and 12 in the 1.0 era. Four, so basically, they didn't like playing after Christmas in the <laughs> 1.0 era, no. but they like it a little bit more in the 2.0 era. No, okay, there definitely. You go. So, but they'll be back in action. Of course, uh, they'll, they'll head home. Uh, the Jets will. They have the skills competition. I think that's uh, is that tomorrow night. What's tonight? I'm so confused uh, being away. Uh, when tonight's Wednesday, so the skills competition is either it's either Thursday or Friday. I'm not sure which day it is. And then they have the the home and home with the Minnesota Wild on Saturday and Sunday. So busy days upcoming to wrap up 2024 here uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. But, uh, you know, tonight is where we'll keep our focus as we get Mm -hmm. going here with the Betway game recap on the Illegal Curve post-game show. And so Connor Bedard uh, opens the scoring at the 1557 mark of the first period. It's his 14th of the year. And the interesting stat of that and which you know I, I jotted down is that uh, i was watching the blackhawks broadcast tonight um being where i am I, that was the broadcast i was able to get 12 of connor bernard's 14 now 15 goals so 12 out of his 15 goals have come in the first period oh, so that's really? really where he's done the majority of his damage and actually uh only i think now four of his goals have been on home ice 
So uh, he's been much more productive uh, away from the United Center than on home ice for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, but he gets it really after, what is it, three or four chances hacking and whacking away yeah. uh, in front of Connor Hellbuck. And I don't care who it is, Connor Bedard or, 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 or the lesser known Bedard, if you give an <laughs> NHL player that many chances in front of your goaltender, uh, something good is going to happen for that player. Yeah. And it did, putting the Blackhawks on the board. Yeah, that goal started uh, when Perfetti was unable to uh, get the puck out over the blue line. It was blocked right. by Connor Murphy, who then... Uh, fed it to Bedard and he took the first shot and that got blocked. He took the second shot that got blocked. And then uh, Nino, uh, not Nino, but Nemestikov and Perfetti again, weren't able to uh, deny him on, on the third attempt at a shot, the one that went in. So Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately that, you know, a jet mistake at the blue line uh, led to the Bedard goal and the Blackhawks with the one, nothing lead. That's just it. Exactly right. And, 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 you know, this wasn't a, I didn't think the Jets, you know, it's sort of weird. You know, there, there were some flashes for the Winnipeg Jets and certainly how they started the game is how you wanted them to play. But I thought as the game went on, they maybe uh, got a little progressively not, they were not as good as they were at the start of the game as the game went on. And I thought that really top to bottom, this wasn't the best Jets effort, not effort, but wasn't the best Jets performance that we've seen as of late. Shifley, Ehlers, and Velarde, I thought were relatively uh, insignificant in tonight's game. They weren't as noticeable in tonight's Mm -hmm. game as they were in some of the other games. And really a lot of disjointed play, not just by both teams, I thought. You know, a lot of uh, sticks getting into passing lanes, which is, I guess, a testament to uh, the te- to the defenders. It, it wasn't what I would describe as a as a smooth game, which is sort of what happens when you play a game against a team like Chicago. They're not really going, you know, again, with the exception of Bedard. Yeah. Um, you know, and I thought Philip Kurashev was a, was a nice player for them tonight as well. But really, they don't have enough talent that they can go out there and, and, and make it a, a skill game. They have to make it sort of an ugly muck it up kind of game just by nature uh, of the of the the lack of talent that they have on the ice yeah and the jets sometimes are unwilling to muck it up right because you know rick bonus is always talking about got to get those greasy goals mm-hmm. and uh, you know tonight and, and you know, i know it makes it sound we're sounding like we're really down on the jets they didn't play that bad you know oh, but no, no, no. but it was a game that they could have won I know, and uh, you know, I'm trying not to be too negative. You know, but they did play well for the most part. But you're right; they were a little off tonight. They yeah. just a little off. I mean, uh, Nino Niederreiter, I thought was had a really strong game tonight, and he, in that first period, he sets up Mason Appleton, mm-hmm. you know, for just a tap-in goal, and you know, the the puck hits Appleton's stick and goes off into the corner, and right. you know, and, and unfortunately, there, that happens a lot with Mason Appleton, right? He's, it just <laughs> seems that he he gets set up and he just can't finish, which yeah, is he, unfortunate. You know, which is unfortunate. He, I like Mason Appleton, but he doesn't seem to be a finisher, and you know that line could use a finisher on the wing there. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and I think that's but you know in the role that he's being asked to play for the Winnipeg Jets, you know with yeah. that with Lowry and with uh, and with Niederreiter, he's he's fit into that role very nicely, and that's the that that's an effective role for him because it's clear at this stage of his career he's just not going to be he doesn't have the goal scoring touch, he doesn't have the right. the the soft hands that are necessary. But uh, that line really... is playing so well, and they and and Nino and Adam are creating scoring opportunities. Right. right. They need another player on there who can finish. Well, and, and, you know, so you, you wonder if they ever consider, you know, breaking up that trio to, to find a finisher there because of how much zone time they are and how, you know, how significant they're controlling the play. Yeah. And, you know, if I had to choose, you know, a, a finisher that's currently on the roster, you wonder if Morgan Barron, cause he gets the jets on the board here. Uh, you know, if, if he's the guy who maybe bumps up and cause he seems to have a little bit of, uh, of that sort of, a nose for the net and be able to get the puck in the in in, in you know behind the opposing goaltender and that's what he did at the 347 mark of that second period uh after the jets again hit uh the iron of Vlad Nemesnikov hit uh, you know c- catches <laughs> iron on a breakaway early in the second period and you're wondering oh gosh is this going to be one of those games for the Winnipeg Jets but Morgan Barron does get one past Peter Morazic and ironically it's really a bit of a weak goal uh, yeah. compared to all the 
better saves that uh, Mrazek made in the course of the game. This one's a bit of a weak one. Uh, it's his sixth, Baron's sixth from uh, Axel Janssen Fialbi and Dominic Toninato, who was in the game uh, because David Gustafson was a game time decision after suffering an injury against Detroit, against Boston, pardon me, on Friday. Uh, and Baron, you know, nice goal. You know, get beats Mrazic five hole. Good things happen when you put the puck on that, but not the uh, it certainly didn't look like it was going to be a great A opportunity uh, when the play was unfolding. No, that was uh, that was a play that started in the, the Jets' end when uh, Nate Schmidt uh, took the you know, he broke up the play or the rush by the Blackhawks, uh, Lucas mm-hmm. Reichel in the defensive zone, and that started the Jets the other way in their transition game. And I think in uh, Tony Natto got it over to Axel Janssen Fialbi. He made a mm-hmm. nice cross ice pass to Morgan Barron and uh, Tony Natto did a nice job of staying on side, dragging that leg. Yeah. And as you said, it was, you know, it was five hole goal, weak shot. It wasn't his best shot. It almost looked like he fanned on it a little <laughs> bit. And, you know, and it beats Mrazek who had, you know, you know, I thought it, it back, back late in the first period, he made his two best saves were the poke check on Perfetti and the two shots by Iofalo in the dying one. seconds, right? Mm-hmm. And then early in the third, you know, you've got this goal beating you and you figure, okay, well, maybe this will finally, you know, open the floodgates for the Jets and, those, you know, more goals will follow. Unfortunately, they didn't. Unfortunately, they didn't, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I thought that that pass from Axel Janssen Fialbi, and he's really impressed me since he's come into the lineup. He's playing, I think, some of his best hockey that we've seen, uh, is including contributing on the scoreboard. He hits Baron in stride with this pass, so Baron doesn't have to, you know, skip a skip a beat or anything along those lines. And the number of passes that were in stride in tonight's game were not that many. Sort of speaking to it, how it was a bit of a uh, a bit of a grinder tonight. But mm-hmm. this one, Baron catches in stride in flight, and and he's able to beat Morazic. Uh, to make it 1-1 early in the second period. Uh, And, you know, really uh, from there on for the rare into the overtime, there, you know, weren't many uh, great chances, I would say. I'm just trying to think. I mean, what did I jot down here? And maybe you jotted some other ones down Uh, as well, Joe. But, uh, you know, 10-minute mark of the second period, Gabe Morazic made two saves off Gabe Velarde in tight. And those were sort of the, what I would describe as Velarde's best chances in the course of tonight's game. Yeah, I mean, you, you then you'd have to go to the posts, right? Mm-hmm. The two times they had uh, the post, Tony Nato and the Mestikoff in the third period. Uh, DeMello had a great opportunity, right? Right, right. down the slot. He has a clear shot. And unfortunately, you know, Dylan's not known for it, <laughs> for, her, for his you know, shot and he misses the net, you know, and that, that's, that's kind of tough because it was finally set up for them, you know, uh, to maybe take that go ahead goal, but yeah, you missed exactly the net. Right. What can he do? Yeah, there was he. You know, he missed that. I think Neil Pionk had an opportunity where he came down from the blue line. That might have been yeah. the first period, and he missed the net. Um, what I have. Uh... Uh, there was the big save, you know, I mentioned Philip Kurashev. Uh, he had a partial breakaway that Connor Hellebuck made a nice save on. That was in the second period. But again, I mean, for Connor Hellebuck, this was another low event game. I mean, I know he's going to rack it up. It's going to rack up as a loss, you know, in, in the in the stats column for him. But very much another low event game for Connor Hellebuck. I mean, how many say, you know, 25 shots is what he faced. And of those 25, 12 came in the, or 13 came in, in the third period in yeah. overtime. So you're talking about 12 shots on goal against in, in the first 40 minutes of the game. He's going to get bored back there. 12 <laughs> shots on goal used to be half a period for him. Well, Rick did promise him uh, prior to last season that they were going to make his life easier, yeah. you know, and they have this year. Uh, but, you know, he's 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 keeping himself in the game mentally, obviously. I mean, he's playing the puck a lot better, though. He scares me every time he comes out of the net. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to see him do that, even though right. this year it's been less less scary than in seasons past. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, he's, he's playing well, even with the fewer shots against, I know he had, you know, we all know he had, you know, didn't have his best stuff at the start of the season, but mm-hmm. he's on the top of his game now would have been yeah. nice if he could have grabbed that, uh, overtime winner, but I think it might've also gone off, uh, Morrissey's stick a little bit, might've a changed little, a the slight angle. Def- yeah, slight deflection. I mean, look, Connor Bedard is, is known 
in the you know he and he's he's going to be a prolific goal scorer and he already is on well on his way to being a prolific goal scorer but it's his release and his shot that is what is so special i mean among the special parts of his game the yeah. release and the shot and you got to see that on the third goal i want to highlight a comment here um as we're chatting here on the illegal curve post game show drew mandel joe Pascucci with you uh it is now after midnight uh on the in the eastern time zone that's where both joe and i are tonight we hope everything is going well with you wherever you're joining us be it in winnipeg or anywhere around the world we hope you had a wonderful christmas and a wonderful time with your family or however you spent the last few days um this is one that i want to highlight patrick comment you know thank the the collective bargaining agreement for not allowing the jets to fly into chicago the night before this is a weird one it doesn't make any sense to me that you have this rule in place where you know the the christmas break is in existence you know all the way through boxing day but yet you you have games scheduled for the 27th it seems like you should either you know have you, you shouldn't have both you can if you want to keep that rule in effect through the boxing day and this isn't why the jets lost people don't get me wrong for a second i'm just think that it's sort of an odd aspect it would be work the same after the all-star break as well you know you know if you if if there can't be team related activities until after boxing day don't have games on the 27th you know use that 27th as a as a as a practice day and a and a and a travel day and then start back up on the 28th to me it's just an odd uh an odd symptom of the cba yeah, it would make it uh, fairer for for teams certainly here out in the in the Western Conference, right? Like yeah. in the, you know Pittsburgh and the Islanders. That's a what a short forty five minute trip, so yeah, that's not that's you know yeah. So, so in Ottawa today with Toronto, that's another short trip. This was a longer run. That's why they usually play Minnesota because you know the right. flights the, the flights forty five minutes, right? Yeah, from takeoff to landing. So yeah, it's it's a little strange. I was wondering why the Jets didn't fly out at twelve oh one this this morning or yesterday morning since we're past midnight here in the east. Yeah, that's uh, well. Maybe next year they'll reconsider it. Anyways, I find it just to be you know they they have these rules and it's like well okay. Anyways, the rules are just odd sometimes. Next year the Jets will be at home. Yeah, well maybe that they alternate it. Is it okay? Well, there you go. So I hope that, that would make sense if that's the case. But uh, in any event, it doesn't. It's not the reason why the Jets lost, and it doesn't really make the no. big difference. It's just one of those weird things that doesn't logically make sense when you really yeah. think about it. But the number of things that the NHL doesn't logically make sense about, it could fill an entire book. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. nice. and for me, you know, it, it's I don't look at these shootout, uh, you know, overtime or shootout losses as losses. I think they're they're ties. They right. get a point. There, there are ties. I don't think this doesn't go uh, like you said earlier. It's a loss on Hellebuck's record. It's not really a loss. It goes down as a tie for him. Right. So right. They, it, there's the OT yeah. column. You're right about yeah. that. But and, and you're right. You know, it's. I know we, we would. I know. And like we're. Everybody does this, right? Everybody calls it a loss. But I think it's you know. I know it's depressing for the team that they've lost. They they were they didn't get the second point. Right. But you know they shouldn't get two down you know on themselves tonight and we shouldn't you know dump on teams that lose in overtime or or you know in a shootout as much as 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 sometimes happens around the nhl well you know it's it's such a i mean it's not a real version of nhl hockey it's a gimmick i mean we've talked about it ad nauseum you're right you can't you know you can't get too upset about what happens in overtime because it's a completely different form of the game Um, and and it's played in a completely different style so you're (laughs) right i mean i think what does this mean for the jets they're now 10 1 and 2 in in the month of december if i'm not mistaken i could be it could be a game off on that 10 1 and 2 and you know if you look at the three games that they don't get uh, it's sort of funny you look at the three games where they don't collect the full two points on the one loss against the san jose sharks and you have one (laughs) overtime defeat to the montreal canadians and one (laughs) overtime defeat uh uh, to the to the chicago blackhawks so i mean you know strange things happen in the course of an 82 game season yeah Uh, and this would be this would be one of those strange things i I suppose yeah it's it's like Sometimes you know that the old 1.0 jets and some of the 2.0 play down to the level of the opposition, you know, and, and, but tonight they started off so well, they were, they were, you know, but as the game got went along, you're right. That Chicago Mm -hmm. slowly started taking over, you know, and then, you know, at least the jets got it to overtime. I I thought in that final minute, sure. You know, me both. What were they doing? 
or what was Pionk and I think doing? Because right. yeah. I think Morrissey was content to just rag the puck for those final 50 seconds. Right. And then and Pionk then... came on and like all of a sudden, you know, they're taking chances. Mm -hmm. Like, don't. It's not the time to take chances. Take no. your one point, go go happily in the night and, and then play yeah. for the bonus point. You're absolutely right. I mean, things got a little bit uh, haywire there. But, you know, you, throughout the whole third period, I thought the Jets were, uh, you know, maybe a little bit loose. And as similar to the game against San Jose, again, that's why I think it's difficult to maintain your structure against some of these really bad teams. Let's call them what they are. The San Jose's and the Chicago's are really bad teams. I find that, you know, they play such an unstructured style <laughs> that, you know, you know, all teams, not specifically the Jets, and I think the Jets did a pretty good job of trying to maintain their structure throughout the course of the 60 minutes, but you do end up losing it at a point in time just because, you know, you, you just, you, yeah. you know, it, it's hard to sort of, keep your thorough your thoroughbreds in the barn when you're playing against that kind of team because you want to be able to you know just skate over them but that often can lead to what uh can lead to some troubles and yeah. can lead to some uh mistakes and i sort of felt like there was another shoe that was going to drop for the jets uh throughout the course of tonight's game fortunately it didn't and they get the one point but you wonder how many more minutes if that game had gone if they would have ended up uh, you know getting bit by something yeah, that's true. Yeah, very much so. And I think and sometimes, I mean, they they held to their structure uh, very well. But, you know, maybe you sense uh, from the more gifted players a sense of frustration. They're more willing to take chances, you know, mm -hmm. because, you know, they want to get that goal. You know, players uh, are trying trying to get that game winning goal when you don't you don't need to take a chance. Stay with the stay with the plan. Right, because yes, you were getting chances, you just weren't burying them, right. as they as they they had numerous opportunities tonight to score, but just somehow it happens. Some games, this is this is hockey. Well, right? you know, some it, games it, the puck just does not go in. And and you know you're 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 right about that. And it's funny you talk about you know getting frustrated and everything else. And again, I was listening to the Blackhawks broadcast tonight, or I was watching the broadcast Blackhawks, and uh, Kaylee Chelios, uh, Chris's daughter, uh, was was the color analyst, and she does a really nice job. She's been a guest on the on the IC Hockey Show before, and and she was the and she was doing color. I guess Darren Pang, who's usually their color broadcaster, does was maybe doing a national game tonight, so she was filling in, and she was talking throughout the broadcast to how she could sort of sense the jet were getting more and more frustrated uh, as the game was going on because it was so one-sided. They, they were so controlling the pace of play and, and, the, and the flow of the game that even though they weren't able to get that second goal past, uh, past Peter Mrazek, she said that she was commenting on the broadcast that uh, their frustration was growing and she could sort of sense that. And maybe that's sort of what leads to some of that... Uh, more a propensity to take some risks when it's not necessary. But uh, there was a comment up on the screen. You know, you, you know, if you're peonk, you have to know what the situation is when there's a minute to go, just get the game into overtime, take your one point. You know, that's not the time to start, uh, you know, doubling down on, on, on sixes <laughs> when you're facing a, a dealer with a face card. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was unnecessary. And it was like, it was just mind boggling. Why are you doing this? You've played yeah. so well this entire game. Why are you taking chances now? Right. right. Taking chances. I got us to overtime, though, right? It did get you to overtime. But when the final, when the whistle blew and the, you know, each team had earned that one point and you knew that you were off to overtime. And it certainly wasn't an uneventful overtime. <laughs> uh, both teams, there was some chaos going back both ways. I mean, Chicago had a three on one after uh, two Jets players were ran into each other and seemed to be yeah. tangled up behind the Peter Morazic. I don't know. I'm trying to remember who the, I think it was Nita Ryder and yeah. Morrissey. That's what I was going to say is Nita Ryder and Morrissey and leave, leaving Chicago with a three on one opportunity. And I thought the game was going to be over. And somehow after that three on one opportunity, they came away with no shots on Connor Hellebuck, <laughs> you know, maybe says a lot about the Blackhawks themselves. They managed to blow a three on one opportunity pretty badly there. Yeah. Uh, and then, Right back up the other end, end of the ice, Josh Morrissey, who just looked like he was completely out of gas. He gets a breakaway as a result because he's the last guy back trying to get back into the play. And then the, the Blackhawks screw up the three-on-one. And then Morrissey gets an opportunity uh, to end it for the Jets. And he's unable to beat Morazic as well at that point in time. Yeah, and I thought we've seen Morrissey score in overtime so many times before. I figured, okay, this is where the game ends. Yeah, 
but it was, didn't. <laughs> it did not end in that instance. Instead, yeah. it ended with Connor Bedard then going back down the length of the ice, end-to-end -end action, as you would hope to see when there's only uh, three skaters apiece on the ice. And uh, Bedard, one-on-two, doesn't seem like it should be necessarily a, a, a high-risk situation. Uh, and I see a lot of people saying that Shifley was coasting back there. I mean, Shifley in that position, when you're one-on-two, you know, yes, it would be great if he came back a little bit harder, but that's not on Mark yeah. Shifley. This no. is, uh, you know, this is a save that Connor Hellebuck probably wants back. I thought at first it was through a screen. Uh, I thought he used Morrissey. Connor Bernard used Morrissey as a screen, but that wasn't the case. Wonder if it tipped off of Morrissey's stick a little I bit. But you thought you thought it. I tipped thought, off I of thought it just stick. nicked his stick a little bit. Yeah, uh, whatever it was, it, it manages to beat Connor Hellbuck glove side and Chicago uh, goes away with a 2-1 victory uh, mm -hmm. in tonight's game. In fact, we should make that 2-1 goal the Connor Bedard, his second goal of the game. That should be our Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. If you are still uh, having a beverage or two, maybe you're still off between the Christmas uh, Christmas Day and New Year's, you know, we highly recommend that you choose one of the great Seagram's products as long as you do so responsibly. That's our requirement here. Responsible imbibing is, is the motto of Illegal Curve. You know, it's nice to have a slogan. That would be ours, responsible imbibing, whether that imbibing be alcohol or gambling or whatever other vices you may uh, yeah. you know, enjoy, do it responsibly. That's all we ever ask of everyone. That seems reasonable, right, Joe? I think so. So I, I have a, a, a trivia question. Or, Please. Or not, maybe not a question, but so with this goal tonight, right? Yes. So Connor Bernard and Mario Lemieux. Okay. Their first regular season overtime goals were against the Winnipeg Jets. Really? There yeah. you go. There you go. Do you, I, I, I mean, okay. This, so this was Bedard's first overtime winner. That I can understand. Do you yeah. have any backstory on the Lemieux one? Do you, do you have any, you know, specific recollection? Well, it was the first year that they, they brought back overtime. So that, I oh, think okay. that was 1983, 84. Okay. So in, uh, and I think it was one of the first overtime games the Jets played. And uh, Mary Lemieux scored the, scored the winning goal in overtime. So that was his first regular season overtime goal, which now Connor Bernard and Mary Lemieux have something in common besides being go. great hockey players. Did that happen in Winnipeg or did that happen happened in, in Winnipeg? Yes. Well, you, you know, what's so rare about that? Why is it the fact that Lemieux played in Winnipeg? So many games that <laughs> later in his career. That where was he near, yeah. Later in his career, he played a lot. He played a lot at the beginning of his career, beginning. but by the end, yeah, he couldn't be bothered to come to Winnipeg. No, I remember vividly. I remember a, a game, uh, I remember vividly, and you might even remember this one, where it was Pittsburgh and the Jets. Pittsburgh won, but it was a very close game. The Jets played a great game, and I think they got goalied largely in the game. And I remember Lemieux didn't come to Winnipeg for the game, so the crowd booed him when he was announced as a, as a scratch. Mm -hmm. um, you know, And then it, also in this game, this was a weird one, where the there was an injured player for the Penguins. So the trainer jumps off the jumps onto the ice to tend to the injured player. And then the trainer slipped and smashed his head against the ice. Um, this I'm trying to remember what year you this have a been. much better memory than I do. Well, you know, it, lost the, a few gray cells. I think. Yeah. You know, the, <laughs> yeah, clearly I've been imbibing more responsibly, Joe. Um, but the, you know, the reason why I bring it up is because I remember it vividly. I was a kid. I was still at, the, at that game. So it must've been, I'm going to sing this is 90 four maybe mm -hmm. somewhere around there um but they, i just saw it come up on instagram again for some reason it was like an, on one of those instagrams uh you know like weird hockey memories or something and oh, wow the, and because i remember the the trainer was you know it was there was legitimate concern because he wiped out he went uh you know ass over tea kettle pardon the expression and you know slammed his head on the on the back uh, slammed the back of his head on the ice it was a. Uh, I remember it being a bit of a serious situation. He's fine. Yeah, and there, he's I think fine. he got up. Yeah. He, yeah, he got up under his own power. But if anyone remembers that game, uh, <laughs> you know, Stu, you know, it, it you know, I'm just gonna say it, it might have been Stu. It's like a one-nothing game sounds familiar. Uh, so if somebody wants to look it up and maybe find that, then you can throw it in the comments and we'll talk about that uh, <laughs> after the break. How about that? So the Jets 2-1, they lose to the Chicago Blackhawks tonight uh, in, in Chicago. The Jets uh, fall to 10-1-2. 
with uh, in the month of December with two games still to go, both against the Minnesota Wild to wrap up the 2024 season. When we come back on the Illegal Curve post game show, more on tonight's game. We'll talk about this weekend's games against Minnesota and whatever else we come up with. It's after midnight on the east on the east coast. Drew Mandel, Joe Piscucci with you. It's uh, now a Thursday morning. Stay with us. It's the Illegal Curve post game show. Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. So you're a pizza person, you married a wing person, but somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small, just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Joe Piscucci with you Thursday morning in the Eastern Time Zone. That's where Joe and I are. I hope everyone's doing well back home in Winnipeg or wherever you may be joining us from. Talking about tonight's Winnipeg Jets defeat at the hands of the Chicago Blackhawks. 2-1, the Jets lose in overtime. They drop to 10-1-2 in the month of December. couple programming notes for you. Saturday morning, the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. We took last week off, that one-week hiatus, our family said they wanted to spend one week with us and one week only so we're back to normal saturday morning 9 a.m the illegal curve hockey show back on our youtube channel and then of course that'll mean at 3 45 central time on saturday and sunday new year's on the 30th and the 31st the home and home with the minnesota wild back-to-back illegal curve hockey show illegal curve post game show matinee editions so join us on saturday and sunday for that joe want to read this uh, this courtesy of our friend Murata tesh of the athletic Gabe Velarde has seven goals in December, but did not play in overtime. Cole Perfetti has 10 goals on the year, but played three minutes and 10 seconds in the third period, only three minutes and 10 seconds, and none in overtime. Uh, this this is Murat's opinion. I'll get your comment on it. Mm-hmm. The A plot of Winnipeg's loss for Murat is in the power play and the number of time they hit the posts. There's a strong B plot in the need to let talent play. I guess your thoughts on uh, some of the, the, the time on ice decision-making uh, by uh, Rick bonus and the Jets coaching staff tonight. Um, 
maybe not too much of a an issue with uh, Perfetti's time. I I did wonder why Velarde wasn't starting overtime with with Mark Shifley. Um, uh, that, that did kind of catch me by surprise. And I was going to when we were talking about the overtime, I was going to mention said, did Velarde even get on the ice in the overtime? He did not. So, so that's a, a good point by Marat uh, and Cole Perfetti. Um, you know, the, that's what Rick Bonus has been I doing. Asked, I think, you know, he's got to shoot more to me. He just passes way too much. And he's mm -hmm. a great passer, but he's got to shoot. And, you know, especially when he's out there in the power play. But, you know, I guess those are good points by Marat. I mean, we I, we can, you know, second guess Rick. Uh, coach bonus on that tonight. I think if we don't second guess, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, he did. Like I said, I wanted on that last power play late in the third period, wanted him to call a timeout. Right there, you go. Organized. Yeah, this is just... your chance to win the game. What are you saving your timeout for? Well, that when not, you know. Chicago scores, and then you have to <laughs> figure out a way to get back in the game. No, you call your timeout then. Yeah, coach okay, is there's my rant from the <laughs> There you go. I like it. Night. I like it. Bring but me yeah, this I, is what happens after midnight. We get the fired up version of Joe Piscucci. You know, yes, it's illegal curve after hours. <laughs> yeah. Usually when that when, when we do illegal curve after hours, there's yeah. a lot more cursing involved. So at least you managed to keep it, uh, you've managed to keep it family friendly yeah. uh, at the least. Uh, let's you know you look into doing what we do on each and every show, the tough duck hardest hitting comment as we get close to wrapping it up tonight on the illegal curve post-game show. The Tough Duck Hardison Comment. Big thanks to our friends at Tough Duck for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. We're going to give the Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment to Rain, R-E-I-G-N. Posts, good opportunities, tough luck for the Jets. The Jets could have also played a lot more organized and energized, however. But when you have a generational talent like 98, 98, of course, being Connor Bedard, it is hard to stop. Pretty good summation yeah. of tonight's contest by rain there so rain congratulations you are our tough duck hardest hitting comment winner for tonight's post game show send me an email with your mailing address drew at illegalcurve.com or you can slide into my dms on twitter slash x at ic drew send me that mailing address and our friends at tough duck will send you out a toque in honor of your victory in tonight's tough duck hardest hitting comment contest we do that on each and every post game show as you well know there mr piscucci <laughs> i do i'm still waiting for my toque well we will make sure we get you a toque undoubtedly as well you I, know i got yeah. the beer <laughs> you got the beer we sent you the important stuff we sent you the beer i mean the question is are is there still some beer left or are we are we completely do we need yes, to send additional I, beer i i i, I imbibe responsibly <laughs> there you go you've been listening as well very yeah. yeah, good i like it there uh that's important stuff uh there you go joe we do appreciate you joining us each and every opportunity that you uh, get to jump on with us and when i texted you yesterday i said you know joe if it's, i understand if it's too late i can understand that if you didn't uh uh want to jump on it uh then but i appreciate you saying that yeah you'll do it and uh your analysis and your insight is always appreciated when you join us here on the post game show it's it's fun that you guys keep thinking of me i, I consider myself uh one of the black aces now <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> i'm you're, always you're... practicing i'm ready to be put into the lineup well, look, uh, I'm, we're worried about having to pass you through to waivers uh, to sneak <laughs> you down to the farm team every now and then because somebody else is gonna is gonna scoop you up. And we can't have that happen. And then we're then we're really in trouble at that point in time. So uh, yeah. we're going to keep you. You might you might be in the press box for a few games, but uh, don't worry. We're going to keep you traveling with the NHL club and everything else along those lines. Awesome, enjoy it. I love it. There you go. Thank you to everyone who joined us tonight uh, for the Illegal Curve post-game show. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button on your way out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We do this after each and every Winnipeg Jets game, which means we'll do it again this coming Saturday afternoon. But that'll be after the Illegal Curve hockey show. So that'll be Saturday morning, the Illegal Curve hockey show. So Saturday, Sunday, a very busy time ahead to wrap up 
the 2024, pardon me, the 2023 season. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm already wrapping up 2024, wrapping up 2023, not 2024. A big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post-game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. That's our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club. If you're looking for something to do, maybe on New Year's Eve, or maybe you're trying to escape from the family this week, Rumors is running shows starting Thursday night, and they do have two shows on New Year's Eve. Get your tickets, rumorscomedyclub.com. Our friends at Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, of course, Betway, they're the title sponsor of the post-game show Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's. Rolly's Transfer, and of course, Joe mentioned Illegal Curve Beer. That is available at our at Farmery Brewing. Number 2 Donald Street is their retail location. Hop on in there, get some Illegal Curve Beer for the weekend's games, and to, of course, ring in the new year with. Tell them that Illegal Curve sent you. It's a delicious beer indeed. Support all these fine businesses that I've named because of their continued support of Legal curve hockey. Any final thoughts to you, Mr. Pascucci? I'm just wondering how many fights Ryan Hartman's going to have to step up to answer the bell this week. Well, you know, that's a good, that's a, the first time that the teams have met each other, of course, since Hartman with that uh, illegal, uh, you know, unsuspecting interference on Nikolai Ehlers that cost Ehlers the vast majority of the, uh, of the playoff, the playoff series. Yeah against the Golden Knights. So good point made by you. That will certainly be, I think, somebody is going to remind the players in the Jets dressing room about that. And the Minnesota Wild have not been very good this year. And though they've had a lot of success against the Jets as of late, the Jets will be looking to uh, settle some scores both on the ice and maybe with some punches to the head uh, of (laughs) of Ryan Hartman. But we'll find out if that takes place uh, this coming Saturday as well. Uh, Very good point. I hadn't uh, hadn't thought about that uh, subplot just yet. I always believe in getting even. <laughs> well, you know, that's, is, uh, as long as you're up by three or four goals, then go yeah, for it. Well, exactly. If you're getting even, then go ahead and get yourself one and uh, take a take a, a piece out of them. And and you know there might be some money up on the on the Bolton board in the dressing room. Wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me if uh, if that occurred to maybe send him a a reminder. Especially this new tight knit Jets team. Uh, you know they'll 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 I'm sure use that as some motivation right ahead of this weekend's games. I agree. Joe, thank you so much for this. Everyone, thank you for joining us. This has been the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. For Joe Pascucci, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, until Saturday at 9 a.m. We wish you good night and good luck, and thanks for watching the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.